Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Start the insanity. Giddy up. New York Bozo! New York Bozo! Yes, moments before hitting record. I'm not even drunk, I swear, says my co-host. I think the Packers uh, maybe were saying the same things to themselves. Uh, for long stretches of this game. What a mess, you guys. A frustrating watch this week for sure. 28 to 22 is the final score in Green Bay. The Vikings holding on to beat the Packers. There's a lot to unpack uh, with this one this week. And and I am glad to be joined, although I wish it was under better circumstances, for the first time this season on the Rapid Recap pod by my good buddy, Alex Patakis. How are you, man? I'm doing okay. I, w- I wish it was under better circumstances. Nice to get a game on national TV, which enables me to be on this. Uh, yeah. Frustrated, <laughs> yeah. to say the least, uh, I guess, uh, would be the way I would describe my feelings. And not drunk, I swear. <laughs> Despite my flushed cheeks, uh, as only you could see. <laughs> Actually, we're doing, uh, you, uh, you did the preemptive toast a couple months ago to me on air for uh, closing on the house, which we haven't done yet. But today we have our the, what they call the final walkthrough um, after oh. I record this. So we're going to close soon and uh, then we will toast on air. But that's why I'm sober, because I didn't want to show up to our final walkthrough. Um, Cheers to you. Thank you. Um, let's just get right into it, man. The Packers had no answers for Dalvin cook 30 carries for 163 yards and three touchdowns on the ground. Meanwhile, two catches for 63 yards and one touchdown. I'm glad you're here because you like to talk about the obvious guy. Dalvin cook indeed was the obvious guy in this one. Yeah. Oh, just like, I mean, just exposing the Packers for so many things, their inability to stop the run. They're really, really terrible tackling, which has become a theme and a screen that, um, you know, just brought back some memories of Alvin Kamara doing the same thing, who was the other obvious guy. Yeah. Uh, one of my friends texted me during this game, and uh, I, I, I feel like somewhere somebody has to, like, know this because stats are – people keep track of every single thing that happens on, on planet Earth. But the Packers have to – be really high in the rankings of giving up career days to guys. And I feel like if we just sat here and wanted to create a list of guys who've had like just their best game ever against the Packers, we'd be able to come up with like 10 guys. But uh, Dalvin Cook feels like one of those guys. It was brutal. And oddly enough, they got the stop at the end. Yep. And I thought Minnesota might throw a wrinkle in because I don't know. Why not? Right. Um, the Packers weren't stopping much, but uh, I, I'm not going to. It was nice because it salvaged the game from an entertainment value for me um, and made it feel like something, you know, worth watching to the end. But all in all, like uh, there, you know, when it was 28 to 14, that game 
was like almost something you want to turn off because it just doesn't feel good to watch your team look like, uh, you know, just completely incapable of stopping the thing that everybody knows is coming. And that's becoming concerning to me, man. Um, Because you have three days to prepare for a team that's going to run the ball down your throat, like as much as possible and has already done it in a, in a championship game. So uh, not to get ahead of ourselves on this podcast, but um, I feel like I was really strongly in one camp to uh, a few weeks ago. And now I'm like, <laughs> ah, are the Packers that different? You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, the, uh, your certainty games like this, like scar you, your certainty quotient is dramatically reduced. I think. <laughs> mm, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. I mean, the the fact that uh, that a, a you know a one in five team came and and just thoroughly outplayed you. Uh, you know, you're two, you're, you have two losses, but they were convincing losses. I know it was a six point loss, but again, this to me feels like so much. Like this would have been an undeserved win if somehow a hail mary happened at the end or something like that. Um, the the Packers were thoroughly outplayed today, and I think the trend of being thoroughly outplayed. Uh, is something that I'm I'm beginning to get nervous about, um, but you know, yeah. Um, so it goes in the NFL. <laughs> well, uh, the obvious guy is a thing of yours. Another thing of yours that you mentioned, I believe, is a note nug. Uh, maybe last week or the, or the week before was this need for the Packers defense to start generating some turnovers, and I feel like that would have made a big difference in this game. And it was just frustrating to watch all game long. You're just like. You're clenched. You're waiting for a big play, and it just kind of never happens. Well, in this game in particular, even going into halftime, it felt like that was going to have to happen. Yeah. You know, I mean, you had two. I guess you had three possessions in the first half, but technically, it's it was two because the third one was one that you just sat on and decided not to do anything before the half. About which, if we want to stop there, we can dwell on that. I don't know how you feel about that. There were some exchanges in the game. Yeah. I texted you at some point during the half, just saying, are, are we, is it too nitpicky to be a little annoyed that the Packers didn't try with that last possession? I think they had, I don't know, 30 seconds on the clock or something to, to get into field goal range. You know, it's going to be a one possession game, which it ended up being. Um, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, with Mason Crosby's status and the wind, I feel like that, I feel like the, that was the determining factor. Fair. I would actually say that th- that that is a little nitpicky, um, but I do kind of understand it because at first I thought they wouldn't do anything, and then they picked up a few yards, and it's like when the TV shot of the line of scrimmage, you can see midfield, like you could see the G, you kind of immediately think like, hey, you're one, you know, you're like a 18, 20 yard gain and getting out of bounds away from something, but in this weather, I don't think so. Yeah. But back to the point of the takeaway, at halftime, you kind of knew. Um, going in tied with the Vikings receiving the ball and Dalvin Cook, you know, having his way with the defense that an extra possession might just come in handy. And, and th- that's, those are the things again, that I think uh, make me a little bit more concerned than I was a few weeks ago. when I said, Matt LaFleur would be the coach of the year. The Packers should be the one seed. And it is very knee jerky of me. Uh, someone who tries to keep their knees from jerking <laughs> uh, maybe more than others, but um I, I do I do think that uh you know if this starts to be something that we like keep you know going back to every week and it's like oh another game without a takeaway like that that can bite them in the ass because all it takes is bad seeding in the playoffs yep. and we're getting way ahead of ourselves with the playoffs and a team that can just keep possession like the Vikings did today 
and and literally not give you enough chances to outscore yep. them like and and your toes yep. so um and i keep thinking of the niners and again i think that's just like scarring and we talked about that on last week's podcast so we don't have to keep talking about san francisco but you know that happening with minnesota um you know i i i don't I, I don't I don't like the way that 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 feels. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so um, because to me so far, it just seems like the Packers recipe to wins is to just outscore people. And the only way to prevent that is to just literally give them, you know, as few uh, as few cracks at it as possible. Um, and, and this defense does not seem equipped to do yeah. that. So, well, I guess to, to push back a little bit on the on the 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 knee jerkiness <laughs> um yeah it is very i know but 20 so 28 points it's it feels like a lot to give up the but in the modern nfl i feel like you're just most teams are built in a way where you're just you're gonna need to score like 30 points is the expectation and with this uh vikings defense coming in with again, a bunch of, uh, you know, former UPS guys in the secondary, basically, and they lost <laughs> even more in this game. I thought there's no way the Packers don't score 35 in this game. So first of all, I mean, that's just a credit to to Zimmer for overcoming, overcoming a ton of injuries and a guy who, um, you know, we were talking about a couple of weeks ago, is he on the hot seat? Um, shows why he is a good coach. I mean, like I don't can't name any of those players, and they did their job well. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And Dev- I mean, Devontae Adams had three touchdowns, and Zimmer just like can't stop him, which is frustrating. But at the same time, um, it never, you know, it was never out of control. You know what I mean? Like how it felt out of control yeah. with Dalvin Cook just like having his yeah. way with the Packers. Uh, Devontae Adams put the points on the board, but it. It, it never felt like he was just, you know, there was a lot of three, you know, three and outs or having to go for it on fourth down yeah. long yarded situations yeah. where they got stops yeah. and it wasn't just throwing to a wide open. Yeah. Well, um, another way I would like to push against the, uh, the knee jerkiness here in terms of you were feeling really confident. Now you're, you're feeling less confident and, and highly uh, critical. No Jones in this game, I think was a big deal. They're getting Lazard back soon and they need, they need another capable wide receiver. And it's just really starting to show. And so, you know, they play a team like the, the Texans who um, I think are an even worse defense and they can overcome no Jones, uh, no Bakhtiari and, and get it done on offense. But the Vikings, despite their, uh, despite their injuries have some good players and Zimmer of course is, is a great coach. And it's just, Eventually, you're just you're gonna not be able to overcome those things, and we're getting those players back. And um, specifically, Jones, I think, was just held out um, just as uh, thinking about the long term. I think he probably could have played in this game, but I, I, it it's a different team with Jones and Lazard in in the game, I guess. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, I mean, and speaking of the absence of Lazard, I mean, we did see uh, some opportunities today for. Equinemy St. Brown, uh, two of which didn't go his way, but he did make one pretty important catch. Yep. Uh, wondering what you thought about his performance uh, today. Do you give him a break for the, I mean, it's a tough grab that third down one that hit him in the hands and he dropped yeah. and they go right back to him in the end zone. Uh, at the first one, I thought you just, it's a difficult catch, but you kind of have to make it, you know, like you just, yeah. I, I, I'm not going to, 
how I feel like I give him a little more, you know, more slack for the for the one in the end zone, even though that was also a catchable ball. <laughs> uh, the first one to me is like, you know, your spot on this team, you know, that Lazard is out. Uh, you know that if you want to be around a little while, you got to You just kind of have to make that play. Yeah. You know, I mean, how those are the plays that Lazard made to get to the status that right, he's at right. now. You know, I think how I feel about uh, EQ is kind of how I've it, it's he's it's starting to be similar to MVS in that like and I know he's coming back. I know EQ is sort of coming back to health sort of in real time and, and shaking off the rust. Um, but it's just one, you know, it's a, it's a young guy with a very specific set of skills and you're going out there and they trust you to do something and you're not getting it done like half the time. And if you've got three of those guys, if three of your four guys are young guys, you need to do something specific and they can't get it done half the time. It's just, it's not good enough. So, um, uh, he did have some, some, some moments, some good plays. I'm an EQ fan, but you got to put a whole game together and this would have been a great one to do that. Yeah. And again, I think we just fall too far into this. Like we're so used to relying on some of these guys that were like, okay, come on now that like we hang on to these like plays they make here, you know, here or there. And if you kind of zoom out, you realize like NFL receivers just do those things, you know? Yeah, <laughs> like, right. And sometimes I feel like we give them too much benefit. Of the doubt. It's oh, well, he's kind of buried on the depth chart and, you know, they didn't invest a lot in him anyway, but like they're choosing to, you know, populate the field with all of those guys, yeah. hoping that one of them just wildly surpasses your expectations and it's not necessarily happening. I can't help. Uh, like That being said, sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say that being said, kind of a weird receiver game, like Devontae Adams, I mean, three scores and somehow feeling like he still didn't really go off. Uh, pretty, pretty decent tight end game. I mean, if Rogers hits Jay Sternberger on that one uh, third down, that I feel like almost certainly would have led to direct points. If he doesn't score on that play, he, they're at least in a chip shot field goal range or, you know, like getting into the red yeah. zone. Uh, and Tanyan was very, yes. Tanyan, I'm sorry. Tanyan, um, thank God, you. I can't believe I let <laughs> Burkhart do, do it right all game. And I'm, I'm doing it wrong in our podcast, but Tanyan uh, also with an effective game, pretty, pretty decent tight end. Game. Don't worry. Uh, Burkhart gave us a, I believe it was a Jay Steinberger somewhere early in the game. <laughs> I think it was uh I think it was the color it was uh uh Daryl Johnson guy. who had right. done that. And he and you can tell because you could tell somebody let him know it wasn't Steinberger, it was immediately yeah. because he followed it up yeah. immediately after by using his name when he really didn't need that's to. That's the like game the next play was starting. That's the game within the game that I watch. Is I listen for mistakes and I'm like, did the producer get in his ear? Is he gonna <laughs> is he gonna make the yeah. correction? But to your point, yeah. Um Tanyan having a, a, a pretty good game, five catches for seventy nine yards sternberger getting three catches for 46 yards including a, a crucial one but also to your point Devonte adams three touchdowns very efficient but only 53 yards yeah strange yeah. really strange uh, uh so but i i can't help but feeling i can't help but feeling that a guy like uh devin funchess would have been uh had a couple grabs in this game and maybe made a difference i don't know you mentioned like nfl receivers is that enough of an nfl receiver i don't know yeah, he's an NFL receiver. Yeah. He's a he's not he's not guy eligible. So to me, that's like at least NFL receiver. Uh, and and uh, sorry to go back to your game within the game thing. One, I feel like this. I can't remember if he said get on the line or get on the ball at the end. Rogers so clearly yelling at Jamal Williams, who so it's oh. not really his fault because <laughs> all the receivers when they lined up to spike just stayed on the close, like on the near side of the field. Yeah. 
But uh, I do kind of like in a in a in what's probably very clean audio uh, of Rogers because it's an empty stadium yelling, "Get on the ball! <laughs> Get on the ball!" Uh, you can you can uh, you can play that when I go on these ridiculous tangents and sidetrack the show by <laughs> being way too long winded. Yeah. You can you can <laughs> you can drop that in at 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 your leisure. Yeah, that was that was a, a fun moment, even though it did burn like an unnecessary three seconds off the uh, off the clock there. So uh, Will Fuller, are we getting Will Fuller? How do we feel about the trade deadline coming up? We need a receiver, man. Uh, yeah, I mean they they were they're they're looking right. That's what people are saying. They're, yeah. they're like kind of making the calls. They're shopping. It's, it's weird to like it's it is weird to be like they need a receiver because there are some games where they just don't you know they're just so effective. This was just yeah. a weird, crappy game. Yeah. You know, um, it was like th- this game was just totally indicative of what I feel about today as a day. Daylight savings, like you wake up, it feels a little off. I don't, I don't know how it is there, but like the weather sucks. I'm super unmotivated and I'm just like, I want to try again. Like I would want to try again tomorrow. Like I wish yeah. the Packers just played the Vikings again tomorrow. Cause I feel like it wouldn't go like that. It was yeah, kind of just crap. Differently. <laughs> yeah. Well, I won't, uh, the weather's always nice here. So it's like, Oh it's yeah. Like I literally forgot. 78 degrees and breezy right now. <laughs> Except when you guys have those like, uh, sand storms. Oh, is yeah, there, a, all- is there a name for them other than a sandstorm? Uh, dust with like a dust storm i don't know there's oh, yeah. hail storms here there's there's weird weather there's there's a whole season for just wind just like sustained gusts of wind um, a lot but of wind for the in most the nfl part. today i mean it was wacky yeah. I, I don't know if you saw like so the, apparently there was like 50 mile an hour gusts it was in cleveland maybe one of the games that was another ugly game i mean it was just like a, it was just kind of a stupid nfl day stupid <laughs> nfl day and it's only half honest. it's only half over um we kind of we, need to root for uh, the Seahawks uh, and and Niners to get in a little bit of a dogfight. Like we we need the Niners to be like gassed at the end, you know, uh, to have to throw their best punch, which I I would assume against the Seahawks team they would they would need to do. Yeah, are we uh, changing the topic? Are we are we are we putting Petten out to pasture? How do we feel about our defensive coordinator? I mean, man, like. <sighs> Our buddy uh, Justice Mosqueda, his brand is strong halfway through this game, basically uh, kicking Pet into the curb, basically with every opportunity. And uh, I see, I saw a lot of piling on on Twitter, and um, I tend to, uh, I tend to agree at this point. But I wanted to get your take on that. How do we feel? I mean, it's hard not to feel that. Like I, okay, so the whole obvious guy thing, and you know what's coming, like that. How is that not an indictment on coaching? Yeah, there there are teams that don't have great personnel that can still, at the very least, limit something. You know, yeah, it's like it's it's just in a game like that, it's just so clear how it's going and how they're going to try. Like, I would have been totally satisfied and probably been a little happier with Patton if he would have just committed entirely to stopping Dalvin Cook and just taking chances on on Cousins throwing the feet, especially in this weather. Like at the beginning of the game, the Packers were totally content playing this like within 10 yard offense, which made a high scoring game kind of boring, to be perfectly honest. And um, like the Packers probably should have just dared Cousins to to throw like that's yeah. the thing. They didn't even give Cousins the chance to cousin like yeah. <laughs> they didn't. And that to me, it's like no matter your personnel, 
They didn't unleash just, their 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 greatest weapon, allowing Kirk Cousins to play. <laughs> exactly. Just sell, commit to it and sell out. Like and and just at least force a, a third and medium to long, you know? Yeah. Um he's yeah, it's I th- I feel like we were really high on him when he first came in. Uh and it's just like been downhill since then, right? Like there's yeah. very little to get excited about. And the takeaway issue is something also that's, you know, like guys aren't in positions to make dynamic plays very often. Yeah. And, or, you know, they're not generating enough pressure to make that happen. And and those are things that I think you can coach around. One you know? rebuttal I, I want to get to, I, I, I tweeted out asking people for their fire Patton pulse check and, and Steve on Twitter got back to me and said, as much as I don't like Patton, He's not the one out there missing five plus open field tackles in a row and whiffing on Cook in the backfield. The defense cannot tackle. Now, I think Cook is um, a special kind of player. He's very slippery. He's hard to tackle for for any team. But I'm not going to stand stand by this team's tackling. It's bad. No. It's really bad. And that's it's ultimately it's Petten's responsibility. But it is is it his fault per se that the guys can't wrap up? No, I don't. I think don't so. think so. I I think things like that you know, things that have been coached in you, like certain technique and, and things like that, since you were, uh, like many Pop of these Warner. guys were playing, you know, preteens pop Warner football, like that, that, what do you, what do you expect him to do? You know, you want him to run like tackling drills during the week. Like that's yeah. just not what the NFL is, you know, yeah. but first it is weird that it seems consistent for a Packer team that has had, you know, Many, you know, it's different personnel, it's different coaching, it's different everything, but it feels like it's just always kind of been there. I don't know. Maybe it's the cold, man. But that also is totally uh, uh, goes against like everything the AFC North is all about, right? With yeah. like the Steelers and 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 Ravens. But to your point, with how hard Dalvin Cook is to tackle in general, like what the play that stood out to me the most was, I felt like the one time that somebody actually really like was just like, all right, I'm I'm giving my body to stopping Dalvin Cook because when Adrian Amos came screaming downhill and laid like a huge hit on Dalvin Cook towards the end of the game and he came up yeah. a yard short of the first down and Cook like contorted his body, got so low and then backed like was then just basically backpedaling with like two Packers trying to prevent him from getting the first down. Yeah. He was, like, like, and he some stayed on his feet. Stuff. Like what do yeah. you want these guys to do? I, yeah. It's brutal, man. But the tackling yeah. problem is a problem. It's a, it's a big one. And and one that I think is going to be either something where, you know, that, that's going to play a role on Thursday night. That's for sure. Yeah. I also tweeted this out during the game. I feel like basically for my entire life um, of watching Packers football, I've been nervous for every third and long because they feel it feels like they blow them like two thirds of the time. And that's a little reductive and I don't have stats in front of me, but that's how it feels watching these games. It's not fun. Yeah, I would I would run a lot of third and long screens against the Packers. <laughs> like I, I think the more people watch film on this defense, they'll kind of just see that and they'll be like, I don't have a huge issue throwing short of the sticks and daring these guys to make a stop. Yeah. Yeah. What else can we talk about here? I guess at, at the risk of being um, screw the refs guy, I thought that this was a pretty poorly officiated game. Do you think that's fair? I do. I think it sounds like we're being sour. I would say, uh, you know, it, it at the very least was inconsistent. Yeah. Right. Like the, the, the pass interference call that they picked up. Oh my God. I I'm struggling to understand how that happens because 
it's not like it got reviewed and then they picked it up. It got picked up before it could go to review and thus couldn't go to a review. Right. And it's like the guy threw that flag for a reason. Yeah. And then when we see the replay, it's it ticked almost every PI box. Yeah, it looked I mean, even worse on replay. It looked way worse on replay because he was not looking for the ball or really playing the ball. Had his uh his you know left arm or whatever it was hooked around the hip, and then his right arm came across the 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 you know the catch point without making contact with the ball and only the hands prior to the ball arriving. So it's like any one of those things could result in PI and all three of them together should definitely be. And there were a couple of instances like that where you just like, or even like a positive thing would happen for the Packers. And you're just like waiting to see the flag uh, thing pop up on this, on the scoreboard. And it would just be like a, a ticky tacky holding call or something like that, that the things that can get called every play, it, it felt very inconsistent to me. Yep. Was, uh, was Rogers arm moving forward there at the end? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I really don't think so. I was really hopeful. Um, I'm I'm really glad they overturned the Jamal Williams uh, two point conversion because for a second I didn't think they were going to. Yeah. Um. So that was the right. What felt like that felt the like right the right call. call. Yeah. Um. Which was which was good. I don't think his arm was moving forward. I thought it was kind of weird that that he didn't sense that. I guess. But at the same time, I can't blame him if he's like. It's a you got three guys to block. Like every, I feel like every time he's in hail mary mode, he he pretty much knows like he's got the time, and this time yeah. he just didn't. I mean, the, I feel like the uh, the defender was in the perfect blind spot at like the the right right behind his helmet. So I, but but to I, I don't know if it was you or or our buddy Ben Foldy in our in our text who said that if there were fans in the stands, uh, he might have actually felt that guy coming because you can almost there's that that sort of the swelling, the movement to the noise in the crowd kind of lets you know what's happening elsewhere on the field. And so maybe that goes differently. I don't know. Yeah. I think it was Ben who texted that. That's an interesting point. Um, also kind of interesting uh, with the fan thing, if that plays into like not getting the hometown calls, I think that consistently throughout sports with empty stadiums, one thing people have said is it's not like the fans yelling that is distracting the opposing team, but rather just like the referees are less inclined to make calls. Yeah. So maybe that's kind of why at Lambeau field, we felt like there were some kind of shit calls, but uh, yeah, I don't know. But also in an empty stadium, like, couldn't you hear him breathing or like his yeah. actual footsteps? <laughs> his you know? footsteps. Like, yeah. I right. don't know. Like, say, so, oh, I heard footsteps. Like, no, you don't hear that shit in real games, but in this game, maybe you actually do when there's a giant man running, I assume his, feet are pretty heavy yeah you'd think so <laughs> it's that soft lambo turf all right uh any other takeaways here as we sort of uh we got a quick turnaround here going to san fran in like 14 hours i guess which feels unfair and <laughs> it does feel unfair right uh i don't know i'm trying to think of like the stages of the game i always like i was watching the game it's like oh this is actually interesting this is interesting and then i sort of just forget uh <laughs> i mean it's nice to see their trend of scoring early continue um. I, yeah, I. It just. It's just they didn't have enough chances, and then got into that weird out of rhythm, Aaron Rodgers mode where it's just like totally out of sync, and you can tell. They just seem like a team that needs to be on schedule. You know, yeah. like they like as soon yeah. as they they drift a little off the 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 tracks. You know, that train yeah. like can't necessarily get back on the the track. Um. So. Yeah, and it, that's kind of. They seem it. like a team know. that needs Aaron Jones back. 
Yeah, that that would have that would have went a long way too, right? I mean, he's a threat in every phase of your offense. Um, you know, it's nice to get Tyler Irvin back, uh, who does. I don't know if there's a guy in football who does more running because of all the motion he does <laughs> like, while touching the ball less. and has less to show for it, you know? And I almost French, feel like professional when, sprinter. Uh, he, so he dropped that one little, it was an incomplete pass, but it was like a little, you know, shovel. It's not even a shovel. Pass. I don't know what you call that. Yeah. Uh, a dink. The I dink guess that and is dink a shovel dunk. pass. Yeah. Um, and then they immediately threw to him the next play. And it was kind of a bad throw from Rogers as another incompletion. He just felt like that was like, Matt LaFleur was like, okay, this is, this is when I now give him an actual touch. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, and then I force it to him the next play. Yeah. Um, and, and I thought, you know, I, th- I think we mentioned this in the, in the our group chat as well, but um, it didn't necessarily end up mattering in this game, but he, he does help the run game be like the motion does help. You know, I, I don't think we're over. I think we might be overrating him as a player, but because of the, his speed threat and what he like, you know, the potential that he could eventually get the ball like yeah. on some of these motions um, does help the effectiveness. Cause early on it, I, it looked like a game where Jamal Williams might, you know, put up like a, a real nice game. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And I, I, I think that early on you saw Irvin, uh, you know, able to, you know, he, enabled Matt LaFleur to get some of that motion involved in the game. And so like last week we saw uh, Williams without any of the motion, it was just power running up the gut. And in this game, we saw a little bit of that outside zone because you were able to with Irvin kind of open up the outside a a little bit, but I do feel like they went away from that. And so you saw some of that motion early and then I feel like we didn't see as much later in the game. Maybe that's just me, but um I don't know, man. I just kind of want to forget about this game. <laughs> yeah, me too. It would. It, it, I just felt like it would have a win would have just ended Minnesota's season, you know. Which I, I was just kind of looking forward. To. Like that's just like a box I want to check, you know. I just want to be like, okay, next. Now I need to root against the Bears. Not that I feel like Minnesota is going to put together some crazy comeback and you know be like a threat to win the division, but it yeah. it just felt like we could have closed the chapter. Yeah. Um, and it was a big missed opportunity not to be able to do that on your home field in a game where that looked pretty promising early on, but they're a different team with Dalvin cook. Who knows? I mean, they could, there's an extra playoff spot. I know they talked about that on the broadcast. Maybe they're that team that sneaks in. Yeah, maybe they are. The Vikings are a different team with Dalvin cook. The Packers are a different team without Aaron Jones. And, uh, let's just, uh, drink another beer, watch some afternoon football and forget about this one. I think that's, that's a good place to leave. Yeah, it's exactly what I'm going to do. We'll turn on the red zone, maybe nap a little, uh, unless, unless we get to some red zone, unless we get some fireworks in the Seahawks game. I feel like, yeah, by the way, how is a, how is a America's game of the week bears saints? Uh, a travesty. Are the Seahawks, and I have to, I don't know this cause I haven't sat down cause we went to do this right at kickoff, but, uh, Seahawks Niners is that like the random NFC game that CBS gets, and that's why it's not Fox's America's Game of the Week? Like, who would ever look at those yeah, two I'm games on sure. paper and be like, "Oh, Saints Bears, man, that's the one." Well, yeah. Meanwhile, the Seahawks game should be Sunday Night Football, and it's not. And what's the Sunday Night Football slot? Isn't it like the Eagles? Yeah, or something. Uh, something terrible. It's, it's Philly. I, I forgot who they're playing. 
Oh, Philly, Dallas. Oh, yeah. Oh, boy. <laughs> First place on the line between these two playoff contenders. Oh, my God. Just brutal. Two major market teams who absolutely suck. Yeah. Here you go, America. Oh, if Zimmer, if Zimmer doesn't make it through the season, right? If the if the Vikings like this is their win, this is like their last hurrah, and they just like you know just go through the rest of the year, win here, three losses there. Uh, I don't know why, but like Zimmer just seems like he's going to be coordinating Mike McCarthy's defense in Dallas. Can't you just see that? <laughs> like, can't you just? I could totally see that. Well, he might save his job if he does that. He'll be coordinating <laughs> somewhere job. Uh, for sure because he is a good coach. But or maybe yeah. he'll still be in Minnesota and they'll still be thinking maybe that stick around that Cousins and Zimmer are going to be the ones to lead them to the glory. But well, um, you know, we chatted with Arif Hassan a couple of days ago and, and we talked about the uh, Yannick Ngakwe move and then unmove. And he said that, that basically to him, that was all evidence of the coach and GM being given some assurances that like they'll make it through this year and, and be around for at least, at least another year, because it seemed a little bit like a team building move and then a team saving a cap saving move and, um, cutting your losses. And so yeah, go take a nap and watch some red zone. <laughs> Sounds great. Yeah. Maybe wake up, order some food. Be, be, oh, it's, all right. it's a great way to try to erase the memory of this, of this game. Indeed. Well, um, thank you for joining me at Alex Patakis on Twitter. I'm at Zach Rapport. We'll be back in a, in a couple days here to, um, I guess, talk even more about this terrible game. Get some note nugs from you guys, notable nuggets at the APC pod on Twitter and maybe try to do a little bit of a look ahead to the uh, dreaded San Francisco 49ers before we all unfairly are made to watch football again on Thursday night. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> until then, yeah, I'm going to hit the outro music. Drink some beer, take a nap, watch some Red Zone. Quick turnaround, rest up. Uh, Big night, Tuesday night. Big night, Thursday night. (laughs) Big week. God bless us. (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs) 